What up, guys? I am a massive coffee drinker. I absolutely love Caveman Coffee. I've been drinking Caveman Coffee for a long time. Uh, they make an enormous amount of different products in the coffee arena. They make this unbelievable nitro cold, cold brew that I am addicted to, actually. Um, and they also make a bunch of whole bean coffee. They make this amazing cacao butter. But I am a massive fan of their Nitro Cold Brew. It gets delivered directly to my door. And you can have the same exact thing. Go to cavemancoffee.com. That is cavemancoffee.com. Use the promo code BORN20. That's B-O-R-N, the number 20 at checkout for 20% off the best coffee on the planet cavemancoffee.com is the bomb what's going on podcast listeners my name is michael chernow i am a restaurateur and lifestyle entrepreneur and i am truly obsessed with living a life better than yesterday through wellness fitness and good vibes i've always wondered if the drive to succeed is something we are born with or if it's something that is made over time through grit, drive, and perseverance. I get to answer that question exactly, and the goal of this podcast is to talk with people that have absolutely crushed it in life and have inspired me to do the same. This is Born or Made. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Born or Made podcast. Today, I have a guest on the show that is the best in the world at what he does. And the ability to be able to talk to somebody like that is rare and fucking awesome. Literally the best in the world. Uh, Henry Cejudo is uh, an MMA fighter. He fought with the UFC for a number of years. Uh, he's a 2008 gold medalist in freestyle wrestling. He is champion in both flyweight and bantamweight. Only four people on the planet have done that. Um, and arguably, he's the best pound-for-pound -pound combat fighter of all time. Uh, Henry, I'm fucking fired up to have <laughs> you on this show. Welcome. Man, I, man, you got me fired up with that whole introduction. But you, but you, but you ain't lying. You ain't lying. Hey, man. You know, I gotta, I gotta start off by saying I, I re-listened to your uh, Joe Rogan podcast in June, mm -hmm. and you said so many things on that podcast that resonated with me. I think one of the most important things that I heard on that. Well, there was a lot of, lot of incredible things that I heard on the podcast, but one of the most important things I heard on that podcast was the amount of time and energy you put into efficiency in your training and also that you only have three to four intense workouts a week because you believe that recovery is arguably as important if not more important than the actual training. Yeah well that's it, it, exactly what it that's exactly how it is I mean obviously you're training so I've structured this whole program. So I'm gonna. I came up with this this thing that I call the art of war, and I'm actually gonna be heading out to Boston here to be doing some filming on just complete mindset. And I'm gonna be talking about how I'm able to connect the mind, body, and science all together. 
because it's a separation. And uh, it takes discipline to do this. So every, uh, when I do compete, it's all about quality. It's all about investing in the days that really matter. You know what I'm saying? So it's like leading, like leading up to like, leading up to, to what, what is it that I do in my sport, which is fighting, which is MMA. You know, I got to be able to, my whole training's got to go around that stuff. And it, and it all goes down to just great quality, just great quality training. You know what I'm saying? Like it's no, because every, everybody can give a 10 mic. You know what I'm saying? Everybody can give a 10, but not, not everybody, everybody can give a, or everybody can give what they have uh, five to six days a week, but doesn't necessarily mean you're getting better because you can, you can just over compete. You can over compete to the fact where you do not get better and it's not a good thing. You know what I'm saying? So I've been able to develop this whole system based on numbers because the more you understand your threshold, the more you understand how to finish the race, the more likely you're going to become, you're going to become just a better fighter because you can have more knowledge with time, with distance, with timing, when it, what, when to take risks and think and things of that matter. So I, it's been fun, Mike, because since I've retired, but I've been able to think on this. When I come, when I show my plan to the world, like it's going to be so specific, like people are going to just trip out because it's not to me. It's not just the believe and achieve thing. Like no, no, no. You have to have the ability. You have to have the right engineers. You have to have the right mindset, and you got to put yourself in deep waters. You see, it's like I, I always tell people. It's like training or success. It's like, you know, let's let's look at the Bible, for instance. If you really look at the Bible, the Bible is not a live. The Bible is not just a book that you just read that's that's done by one author. The, the Bible is complex of many different scriptures and letters that's that's been located in a book. And it's your job to know the whole material. It's your job to understand and connect the dots and whatever, you know, is that this book is actually telling you. So it's the same thing with, uh, you know, with, with mixed martial arts. I think just the success in general, it's success, it's it's complex. It's not complicated, but it's complex. But at the same time, it's simple. You know what I'm saying? You just simplify the S- thing. Simple, not simple, not easy. Simple, simple, not easy. But when you see the complex, but you have to understand the complexity side of things. And when you understand the compl- the uh, how complex it is, then you can... Then you can cut it your way. Then you can have it your way. You know what I'm saying? What is it that the road that I wanna? What is it the road that I wanna uh, lead myself to? Would this give me the best probability of winning? You know what I'm saying? Like there's mm. there's 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 gotta be there's also gotta be a, a scientist behind that. And it's all about honesty. The reason why I've been able to become successful, because to me, your sport. When you start your first sport, you're, it starts from inspiration. You're inspired. You're in love with it. But you know what happens, too, after love for so long that it slowly becomes a business. And it's your job to it's your job to make it into the best business, uh, the best business possible because love, love does go away. This is why the greatest emotion of them all is gratitude because it lasts a lot longer because love is so high that it's crazy. So what I've learned that's happened in my career and in my life, Mike, is I started loving wrestling. I started it started with just the love and the passion of it of everything. And then you get to a certain point, even leading into the Olympics, you get to a certain point where 
the love and the inspiration, it starts to leave you a little bit. But that's when you have to become that businessman. That's when you have to make that transition. Be like, hey, I could still win, but it's all going to come down to honesty. I got to cut people out. So that's, these are some of the things that I did coming up in, uh, in a sport like mixed martial arts. Like I completely, I completely cut, I completely had to get rid of people, even if they're good people, I had to find the right people. And not just because they're good people, they're good for me. Like, no, it's about finding the right people. And I created things from love to business. More with my guest in just a minute. 10,000 is a men's fitness apparel brand. I only use 10,000 when I train. They make the best stuff on the market. The beauty of 10,000 is that you can customize everything. The color, the inseam, the liner, everything is done with the highest quality available. They offer free delivery, free returns. They stand behind their product 100%. I love the fact that they have the best anti-odor property in the game. I am telling you that I wear 10,000 shorts and tops all the time when I'm training and even when I'm not training and the stuff never ever smells. It never ever breaks down. It's really good looking stuff. The material is absolutely incredible. I highly recommend 10,000. There is a 100% money back guarantee on this stuff. So if you don't like it, Boom, send it back and you get your money back. Go over to 10,000.cc. That's T-E-N-T-H-O-U-S-A-N-D.cc. Use promo code BORN20 at checkout. That's B-O-R-N, the number 20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. 10,000 is the bomb. Let me ask you a question. So the, 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 the podcast is called Born or Made, and what, what the objective here, and I know that you have a lot of opinions on this just based on the interviews that I've listened to about with you. The objective of the podcast is to sort of dissect this question, whether people are born with an innate ability to crush it or if they were made over time. It's the nature-nurture question, right? And... Uh, I, I think it's a very interesting question. And the way I like to get there with my guests is, is to sort of walk through their story. I would love to understand why you became so in love, fell so, such in love with wrestling at such a young age. And I know that there's a lot of adversity in your story. So let, I just want to um, unpack that a little bit and, and understand who Henry Cejudo is from way back when as a young buck coming up. And probably learning pretty quickly, I would imagine, that uh, you had something special. Yeah. And I think, so to talk about nurture nature, I think I fall into, into, into both categories. Because I do believe I was born with the natural gift of, of a mindset where I just knew that I was just different. Even though being born in the ghettos, even though being a poor kid, sleeping on the floor, like one of seven kids raised by a single mother. You know, born in South Central LA, uh, I knew that I knew that all that stuff was temporary at a very young age, as a four or five year old kid. It was a trip. Tell me about that though. Let's. I want to. I want to stop there. So when you say that you knew that at four or five years old, you knew that it was temporary. Like, can you actually go back and and remember a moment where you said, 
I know that I'm, I know that I'm going to pull myself out of this. There, there's no, there's no chance that I'm not going to live a life beyond my wildest dreams. No, I don't think it was necessarily like that because I knew that it was just a matter of time. You know what I'm saying? It was just a matter of time for me to find something that I loved, even at that age, something that I'm going to dedicate myself to. And that was, that was it, man. But I think when I was nine years old, so one, I knew I was different. I knew I was special. I, just, I remember playing with kids. I swear to you. I remember playing with kids like prior to wrestling. And I already had like some, like, like some pretty good wrestling instincts. Like it was a trip. Like just, just, just something. Like just at something. how old? And I remember uh, this, this memory, this, I remember just wrestling with some kids like out in the park or whatnot. Kids that you just meet, you just start wrestling. I was probably maybe about eight years old. But I remember I already doing a double leg takedown and, and penetrating like things that are just <laughs> unreal, dude. So by the time I was nine, I remember watching the Olympics. It was 96. I, was, I remember watching uh, Michael Johnson uh, shatter the world record with his infamous gold shoes in the 2000 and the, the 96 Olympics. And I remember that's the day of the inspiration of becoming an Olympic champion. Uh, came about. It wasn't wasn't in wrestling. It wasn't in nothing. It was just I wanted to become an Olympic champion. Once I saw the '96 Olympics, so by the time I was uh, 11 years old, so, you know, I grew up in uh, I grew up in I grew up in a very I grew up in a Mexican neighborhood. Like I grew up in I grew up in apartments my whole life, and if you didn't speak Spanish, like in my neighborhood, like you you get lost in America. Like you just you don't you don't be, you don't belong here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I grew up with like I'm, all I, the signs on the stores were Spanish. Everything was written in Spanish. Yeah, not just that. Not 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 just at the stores and whatnot, but it was more in the community. You know what I'm saying? I mean, everybody from from you know from people that uh, anyhow just Mexican Mexicans and Mexican immigrants and people that probably didn't come over to the country so uh, so politely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I grew up with that. So I'm I'm a patriot American, but I grew up. I probably grew up. Well, not probably, but I grew up with as an American patriot. I grew up probably. I grew up more Mexican than anything. But I've always had the patriot like in my heart since I was a kid too. Mm. You know what I mean? It was always America, America. From watching the Olympics, you know what I'm saying. So by the time I was nine years old, I was inspired. By the time I was eleven, by the time I was eleven years old. I uh, I started. I, I would. I, I found the sport of wrestling. But prior to that, I and in the neighborhood, uh, these these drunk Mexican guys used to make us fight. And if you're victorious, you know they. If, if you would win the fight, they would they would give you a Mex- Mexican candy. So as a kid, I knew. So now we're talking about nature nurture again. Uh, you know the the the, the nurture side of where I grew up. It was uh, man. I, I knew that it was meant for me because it wasn't so much of the, the Mexican candy, but it was more the, the love of competition, the love of, uh, the love of getting something, you know, of, of being able to uh, uh, overwhelm your will on somebody, if I may say. As a kid, as a kid, vicious, vicious too. So by the time I was 11, I found the sport of wrestling, and it was just love at first sight, man. I was at first sight. I remember seeing the principal like hand medals to the kids. I was uh, I was young, man. I was probably about 10, 10, 10, 11 years old, and I remember like my like my life just changed like forever, dude. I was like, man, this is this is a sport that I wanna that I wanna go to the Olympics in. And sure enough, 
you fast forward it, I was, uh, you know, 20, uh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. 10 years later, I was about 11, 10 years later, I'm hearing the national anthem, hearing the American flag quiver up. Surreal, Oof. bro. Surreal, Oof. man. Wow. That must so, have been. So it's like the nurture, the, uh, the, the, the nature. I feel like I, I feel like I was born with this gift. And it's sometimes I was talking to I was talking to uh, my friend Michael Zanga, and he was like, you know, he's like the best the best people in the world. He said, you know, like they believe they were, you know, they they believe they were born with with this with you know to be the best. It's like, man, you don't, you just have to. Uh, um, it's, it's not it's not that you're born with it. You got to believe that you're born with it. You know what I'm saying? So. It was the nature, and then obviously the nurture. You're a product of your environment. You know, growing up in the ghettos, Mexican immigrant. My mom's when people talk about the immigrant mentality, I know exactly what they're talking about because my mom was that working two to three jobs. So as a kid, that was my example. Like no excuses. Like she would get up every day. She would, you know, she would do her best, like inside the house, you know, to you know to do you know uh, her job as a mother. But then as a worker, I was like, God, leave it. I rarely even see her, but it was the attitude of no excuse. So you owe it to both. I think it's I think it's a complexity of both, and it's different for everybody because some people do have natural abilities, and when some people do just have natural abilities, then it changes. It doesn't. Because typically, I go like this, Mike. I go dream, sacrifice, victory. You know, it starts off with inspiration. You sacrifice, you accomplish the victory. But there's, it's more complex than like I talked about, like how I gave the, the Bible verse, like it's different because it's, uh, it becomes more, when you have the ability, you understand that you have the ability, that you know that you're meant and you're great at something, then it becomes like this, you, you keep the ability number one. And because you know that you're great at it, not good, but great at it, uh, then, then it becomes the vision. The reason why I don't see, I don't use dream on this one because when you know you have the the ability, it, it becomes more profound. It becomes a vision. You know what I'm saying? And then three, it's no longer a dream. Mm. It's no longer a dream. It's a vision because you understand that you have a certain gift. So it's all about you know consistency and, and isolating that, right? And uh, anyhow, so it's it's ability, vision, and then consistency, and it's constantly consistency of of of, of, you know, finding the right engineers, of going to training every day, of being consistent with time, being consistent with the trend, and, and, and being consistent with constantly evolving and constantly adjusting. So like I said before, there's a thousand ways to success, and uh, I just love to break it down in whichever way because you see these guys, and we all know them, these, you know, there's some of these football players that have the ability, but sometimes, you know, what they lack is they lack the heart. More with my guest in just a minute. Athletic Greens is one of the only things that I have been using for about seven years straight. Athletic Greens is the first thing that I put into my body every single morning. I start my day with Athletic Greens. It is a Greens Superfoods powder that I absolutely love. It tastes incredibly good compared to the rest of the stuff on the market. It's filled with 75 vitamins and minerals, prebiotics, probiotics. The stuff is the bomb. I add a little bit of ice to it, a little bit of coconut milk, blend it up, drink it down on an empty stomach, 
and my oh my is my nutritional wellness insurance taken care of go over to athleticgreens.com forward slash born that's athleticgreens.com forward slash born for 20 free travel packs with your first order i highly recommend athletic greens i've been doing it for a long time and so should you I want to I want to I want to ask you a question about success because you say there's a thousand ways to, to success and you are without a question of a doubt on the other side of success right now. I mean, you have accomplished so much in your life. Uh, you know, there's not a single person on the planet that wouldn't consider you, you know, a very successful, if not elite, ex- successful person. What does success mean to you? Man, success to me is uh God Lee, that's a question. I don't I don't get that question asked to me <laughs> quite often. Let me see. What is success to me? Success success to me is the dream. You know what I'm saying? It's not everything. Success is not everything. Accomplishment is not everything. But success is manifesting the dream. And everybody has a different dream because at the end of the day, it's you live within you. You are you. What is it that's going to, what is it that you're determined to do on a mission to be able to manifest this idea that you have? You know what I'm saying? So that's what success is to me. You really want to know. We're just talking about, we're not talking about. Uh, purpose or anything like that. Unless we talk about pers- purpose, then, then that's different. I, I'm, I'm, I, I think, I think they all personally, for me, throughout my life, like I think they've all sort of culminated together. The success, the purpose, the, the, the business mission, the family mission. I, I believe that they've all sort of culminated together, and and I, I've found that success for me, even though I've had financial success and business success and you know, uh, personal accomplishments and fitness or whatever success for me is, 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 is being okay in the moment, dude, like, like being able to actually be present and totally fucking okay with that, no matter where it, it, where you are, because I think a lot of people tend to run from the good and from the bad. They literally are so uncomfortable in their own skin. A lot of people that they run from the good and the bad and the the moment doesn't exist in their lives. So they spend a lot of time in the past and thinking about the future. And so I've honestly thought about because I, 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 you know, a a little bit of, of my story, like there's no doubt that martial arts changed my whole entire perspective on life without a doubt, saved my life, absolutely saved my life, taught me everything I have today when it comes to discipline, structure, self-confidence, ability to get hit, ability to get back up, all that shit I learned through Muay Thai. And, uh, and, and I think what I've, what I've ultimately come to the conclusion of is that like being present in the moment is probably the most important piece of life because everything happens now. Nothing happens in the past Nothing happens in the future. It all happens right now. And so that's my definition of success, being comfortable in the moment, being able to really, really be cool in the moment, you know. And, and like when I was listening to what you said about the, the, the Johnson fight, 
in this when you won you said that you know he said about you that you were the most relaxed fighter he's ever fought that was the one thing that he said that he was like wow he was blown away of how relaxed you are mm-hmm. and i think that that shit is that is the the definition of success yeah. for me <laughs> you know yeah no like i said whatever whatever speaks to your heart whatever pulls those heartstrings is is and this is why i'm saying when there's a thousand reasons to success there's a thousand feelings that motivate and you know what i'm saying and, and and help people you know the fundamentals are always the fundamentals are always right hard work dedication like those are the fundamentals like you have to have that to be uh to be to be successful you know but at the end of the day it's all about man it's, a, it's all about relationships with the people that you have around you you know what i'm saying it's the people the, the the you know people need people you know what I'm saying? So this That's is why, it. like, even, like, even as a, even as a fighter, even as a, you know, as a mixed martial artist, that's, you know, I, I, I've accomplished, I've, you know, I've accomplished from Olympic gold to two UFC busts. But the people that I admire most in my life, that I truly, that can be like, dude, I admire the most in my life, are, are, are great fathers, our family men, our, our great mothers who, who, you know, who, who dedicate themselves to, to their kids, who. You know who who become those mentors to their kids. You know what I'm saying? The people that produce, you know, uh, the people that produce great fruit. You know what I'm saying? Like those are the mm. people because those are the people that really practice what they preach, because their kids are are, are a replica of what they are. And when I see something like that, because you know, I, I have I, I grew up without a dad, but when I see my brothers, the way they are with their families, my sisters, the way they are with their family, and how they how they become that family that goes back to my mother you know what i'm saying even though we're born in that certain situation like the love that we have towards one another and towards our family even though we never use the word love to each other you know it's it's demonstrated through time through effort through you know what i'm saying like it's it's Mm. that's me and the, the other thing too that i would say is like even even contentment contentment is success too being content in the position that you're in being content with, uh, uh, yeah, with the position that you're in. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not always, when you try, when I travel to these places all across the world, some of the most happiest people like you'll ever run across, the most happiest people you're, you'll ever run across, they don't got a freaking pot to piss in, but you know what they do have? They have enough to survive. They have each other, and there's a whole bunch of charisma, man. <laughs> what do you, um? what do you, you know, Pain is something that I think um, a lot of elite performers in all aspects of life have a high threshold for. Um, how much do you think that plays a plays a role? I mean, obviously in combat sports, you got to be comfortable with pain, but just in general, do you think that the ability to endure pain uh, at a high level gives you an opportunity to go further? Oh, uh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I'm gonna give you an example. There's a there's a difference between being strong, and then there's a difference between being you know being able to take pain and go through pain and still moving forward. You can be strong, but doesn't mean you can take pain. I was with uh, I was with I'm good friends with Mike, man. Uncle Mike, Mike Tyson, which he fights today. And I and I yeah, and I remember and I remember uh uh. 
And I remember asking Mike, I'm like, hey, Mike, you know, who's the greatest of all time? He's like, Ali, Ali, the greatest of all time. And I was like, Mike, what made Ali so different? What made Ali great? And then he's like, man, that's a good question. And so he kind of like looks down. It probably took him about a good maybe 15 seconds to kind of answer. And he said, you know what? You know what? You know what, you know what made Ali so great? Is the fact that the dude could just endure so much pain. Like the dude would get hit. And yet he would, it would be deceiving. Like he would play like these mind games with these guys. But he said, you know, he would get hit in the shoulders and the head and everything. But yet he was, there is a certain callous. So being able to endure and take pain, man, it, it's it's a certain it's a certain willpower that these people tend to have. You know what I'm saying? That not not the average person could take. It's like a navy seal. The navy seal could take more pain than probably just the average person. And this is why these are these are the killers of the killers. You know what I'm saying? Is because they're strong, but the fact that they can give it and they can take it. What do you think the breakdown of mental to physical is when it comes to pain? What percentage of it do you think is mental stability compared to just actually being able to power through physical pain? I think it's a mixture of both because there is a separation of mind and body. You know, there is as much as we don't, as much as people think it's 90, 90% mental. It's like, no, it starts with the mind and it ends with the mind. But your body's got to be prepared for the mental side of it. You know what I'm saying? So it starts with the mind and it ends with the mind. But you got to deliver it through the body. You know what I'm saying? The body's got to be prepared. Your body, your preparation is your weapon. So unless, unless it starts here for sure, it comes here. And then you're like, it's almost like it's a cycle. You re-challenge it. And you have to find that certain nirvana, that certain peace through mind and body when the tough gets going. You got to be able to cruise it, man, and be like, "Hey, man, this is just this is just it." You know what I'm saying? Unless you're, unless you're alive, and and if it doesn't happen, then you'll die. You know what I'm saying? But it's your job to cruise it and understand that threshold during, you know, when when the tough is going, when it's when it's mind and body, and because your mind will play games with you, but your body has to tell the mind, tell the mind, no, 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 we're still good, or vice versa, the body may be going, and the mind's got to check it, so you're constantly being checked left and right, so. It's, it's I had different. an experience. I had an experience that made me really question the mind-body sort of relationship. And I was running in the marathon in New York City in 2018, and I felt gravy 95% of the race. And then in mile 25, you sort of you you start you're in Central Park and you make this big like slow long turn and that's when all of a sudden uh, you know you're running and you look to your left you look to your right and there are just people laid out everywhere they're just people by the hundreds just on the floor uh, you know where they've just sort of thrown in the towel and my mind started playing crazy tricks on me like really sort of you know my ego stepped in in a real way and started saying dude you're done like look at everybody around you it was like I felt like I was in a war zone and God is my witness, both quads seized up like that. Boom. They literally locked. And I couldn't take a step. It was mm -hmm. the craziest thing ever. And then somebody saw me sort of like stop out of nowhere and roll up and just started screaming because I had my name on my shirt. Screaming my name. 
And I started saying in my head, mind over matter, mind over matter, mind over matter. I pounded my quads for like 30 seconds and then they just completely released, man. And I finished the fucking race. But it's just kind of, I just believe that it's I for me personally, the the mental strength has been such a, a, a godsend when it comes to perseverance and getting through things, you know, and I would imagine that for you. Your, your mental capacity far surpasses your physical. To get to the level that you've gotten, there must be, there, there's, you have, you have a, a wiring of unstoppable, period. I no. mean, I don't know. I, I, I just, it, it just, it, I, I can't imagine that, that there is many people like you that are able to get to the levels that you've got. Um, well, we know that, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, and so I'm just so curious about the, the mindset, the mental. Component. Yeah. Well, remember like the, there's two people as a fighter, as a competitor, as a combat athlete, there's two people that you fight. There's your opponent and then there's your, and then there's your inner soul. You know what I'm saying? And the reason why I say the inner soul is because our mind, our mind is also wired man to, to, to think, to just think and go off the deep end. You know what I'm saying? At times we do not have control of it because it's just, we want to say we have control, but we really don't in reality because it's so complex up here. So there's, there's always two, two things that you fight before you you fight. First of all, like your, yourself, you know what I'm saying? The, the mind games. Uh, and we, what I typically like to do is I, I typically like to challenge that. So, so whenever the, the, the doubt does creep into my mind, now it becomes a mission. Okay, how can I use that doubt and now turn it into mission to prove to myself, to prove to my soul that I belong here and I can continue to keep setting the bar higher? You know what I'm saying? And then the other thing is your opponent. I got to res- you got to respect the dude that's in front of you, man. So sometimes it's not all about you. Sometimes you got you to gotta respect the other man's skill because what if he has the same mindset as you? I, I, what if he has the same mindset as you? And just as great as uh, uh, just as, as great of an ability as you, so you also have to respect. So even when I do compete, it's I have a calculated plan. So when it comes to the mindset, it's like it's I got to beat this guy, and I got to find a way to beat him according to his style. And can my style alone, after after I challenge my inner soul, can my style looking at it, and it comes down to honesty, could my attack game beat his attack game? And if and it, it all comes down to honesty, because if I can honestly say, okay, I got a lot of strengths, but if his attack game, his offensive game is better than mine, then I look, then I look, then I turn it into a card game, and I'd be like, okay, if that's the case, then now uh, then the focus is going to have to be more counterattack in order for me to beat him. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's all calculated. So I, I call it my five senses when I compete. So when people tell me, what is it that you feel when you compete? And these are my five senses. It's attack, counterattack, anticipate, feel, and take risk. These are the five things. When I compete, when I'm in the octagon, when I'm locked in that cage, these are the things that I feel. So according to the game plan to the, to the eight-week fight camp is according to how I'm going to fight this opponent. You know what I'm saying? So in order for you to be, beat the one percenters like a John Jones, uh, a, a, a Demetrius Johnson, uh, a GSP, you're not going to beat him with attack. You're not going to beat him with your counter game, anticipation, 
or maybe even fail. The only way you're going to be able to beat the one percent is the stuff that you have to understand is you have to take risk. You have to give them and hit them with the unpredictability. You know what I'm saying? Things that they're just not expecting. Because as a fighter, as a, as a one percenter, these are the things. These are the guys that are dangerous to me to fight. Guys that go out there and just throw out the kitchen sink. You see what I'm saying? So we all have these gifts, and when you're able to calculate all this stuff down and then put the focus, and it's just so it's not just the like I like I said before, it, it's a complexity of mind, and understand it's the art of war. Understand who you're fighting. Understand it's not it's not just based on will, but calculation. More with my guest in just a minute. Whoop is a fitness and recovery tracker. It is something that you wear on your wrist. They actually look very, very cool. Uh, I've been wearing Whoop for a long time. The beauty of Whoop for me is that it actually tells me how much to recover as opposed to how much I am training. I know how hard I train. What I don't know is how well my body is recovered and that is where Whoop comes in. Whoop is going to tell me how well I've slept, how well my body has recovered from the hard strain that I put in, how many calories I've burned, all the things that a fitness tracker would typically tell you through an amazing app. They are a data-focused company. Go to whoop.com and put in promo code CHERNOW, that is C-H-E-R-N-O-W, and get your first month free. Boom. So go check out whoop.com to see what I see every single day. How would you, I mean, that's fucking brilliant. And I think that that's probably the, the ability to articulate it the way you've just articulated it. That ability is probably what makes you so successful uh, in the ring. I mean, I have a few, I have a few uh, questions on, uh, about that one. So now that you're retired and who knows if you, if you come back, uh, right. Who knows? <laughs> depending on what, uh, what this, this, the situations are, I guess, at the time. But now that you're retired, the fight game has really like, sculpted this, this perfect sort of way you look at situations and scenarios. How would you or do you think that, that you could easily uh, uh, implement those systems into the business world? Oh, of course. Of course. It's almost like they belong to. I feel I, even though I not haven't done it in business, but I already have a vision of doing it in business. You know what I'm saying? And I think I think now for business, because of the things that I've been through, now it's just about, uh, you know, finding the right people. Like I'm smart enough to know that I don't, that I don't know everything, but I'm also smart enough to know that I need the right people to be there. You know what I'm saying? To to appoint the right people, and I think. For me, the biggest thing is just going to be leadership. You know, it's 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 building building a cult, if I may say, of people that 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 are going to help me push the same the same car, the same vehicle. You know what I'm saying? So, that is it, by the way. The the cult that you know, it's so interesting that you say that. Not a lot of people uh, think about it that way. But when you break down the word culture, and I believe culture is everything. I believe it's everything, specifically in business. You know, uh, but when you break down the word culture, uh, cult is the beginning of that word, right? And so, 
all successful businesses are cults. There's always somebody that is that is at the helm of these successful businesses that are able to convince a large group of people to want to fight, kill, and do whatever they got to do to make it successful. And and that is ultimately what a <laughs> what a cult is, right? And so I, I I agree. I think I think that there's this real um, the the ability to to lead a group of people to to want to believe in your mission is exactly what these crazy cult followers or these cult leaders have. They have the same exact ability to connect because it's a, it's yeah. a, in, in my experience, it's about connecting. You know what I mean? Like I think the emotional intelligence, uh, emotional intelligence is is bec- finally becoming the, the, the star of the show. You know, the ability to, 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 to get a large group of people around you to believe you. Yeah. And then not only believe you, want to kill for you. Literally, wave the flag high as they can. Wear the jersey, you know, walk around and talk about it. And, um, and that, that stuff is important. You know, I think that that's, that's, uh, that's what a lot of very smart people potentially don't have. Uh-huh. And, they, and, and they're also so very smart that they don't think that they need great people around them because you know they they believe that they're the ones um if if you were to to step into business and i'm sure you will what what would it be what what are you thinking about uh it would be real estate i'm actually into real estate now i'm doing real estate development so i'm doing i i love i love the real estate game and the reason why is mike i just love i love freedom more than anything you know what i'm saying so i can do anything create anything into money but it, it's all it's all for the freedom like i'm not you know what i'm saying like this is this is why i love real estate i love i love changing the city i love building a house i love building homes and change the city at the same time make money and it allows me to travel allows me to be me allows me allows me to do you know to fly man i'm a bird dude like i can't you know i can't it's hard for me to stay in one place at, at one time it's like no i love to see i love to you know to 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 experience man to experience life um i've got we've got about 20 minutes left and i know it's uh, on the weekend and i'm sure you got a lot of shit to do so i want to just p- pound through some of these questions that i wrote down um one question that i think is just a fun one that i didn't write down but i really would like to know what do you what goes through your mind when you're walking to the octagon from the um, locker room to the octagon you know what i, I just Nothing. I try not. I try. It's crazy. I try not to feel nothing. <laughs> as crazy as that sounds, I try not to feel anything because I, I already know that by the time I get into the cage and the ref starts, the ref starts, uh, you know, goes to the instruction, take, take us out to the corner. I, I, I get into like my little crouch position. Like, if you watch me, I get to my little crouch position. These are reminders right before I compete. So I tell people all the time, nothing really matters until the until the ref blows the whistle. You can be going through doubt. You can be doubting yourself like crazy. You can be feeling like shit or whatever. Nothing matters until that until that ref says fight. So to me, it's like, and this is why, like, even right before I fight, I, I crunch down. I would do this in wrestling quite a bit. I would do it. In, I would do it in wrestling where I would, where I would, where I would be on my knees, and as soon as they call my name, I stand up. And those are just indicators, knowing like, all right, man, it's time for war. 
my, my body just got prepared for that stuff. So every time, so when you talk about, I don't feel nothing. I really don't feel nothing going into the cage. But when I do sit down and the rep is calling me and I'm getting ready and I get up and I start clapping my hands, that's when I know I'm ready to fight. You know I'm saying? That's when I know, okay, man, I got my senses alert. I got my five senses, attack, counterattack, take kill, take risk. Now it's going out there and just being a, just being a killer and being a calculator. Uh, one last question before I get into these, because that 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 five senses thing, I, I think, is so uh, is is crucial to this conversation. Which one of those five senses are you most comfortable with, and do you tend to lean most on? Yeah. Well, my gift. Well, let me let, let me go through them all. That's cool. May I? Yeah. What is it? What is attack? Attack is somebody that, is, and, and these are all gifts. You have all of them, or you might may have all of them. But they're all based on numbers. You know, you have more one more than you have one more than others. But you're gonna use more likely two out of the five. You know, or that could be the emphasis. So what is attack? Attack is some it's a gift. You're offensive. You're 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 a go getter. That's attack. Counterattack is somebody that attacks the attacker. It's a certain it's a certain gift of you being able to uh, see see the combination flow and you be able to go under and, you know, counterattack your opponent to certain gift. Anticipation comes right before the counterattack. It's like my brother was that. It's like when you see something come up, like right before you see the counterattack, boom, it's anticipation. There's a certain eye that you have for that. Number four is feel. Feel is, that's more of me. Feel could be something physical or feel could be something, uh, feel could be something physical or, or feel, feel, feel could be just a feel of the fight. The feel of the wrestling match, the feel of the game, like understanding where you're at at all times in the match. It can be physical, but it could also just be you being a competitor and just having a good sense of competition, a good feel of the competition, a good feel of the fight. And then the most important one out of them all, and the most dangerous one, is uh, is taking risk. You have to take risk because risk takers. The reason why it's the most important one is because they're all about winning. You know what I'm saying? It's like uh, uh, like they will do whatever it takes to win. Their, prob- their probability of winning goes high, goes higher. They have a lot. They have a better chance than the rest of the guys because they're all about taking risks. And what was your question again? I'm explaining the five senses now. What 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 your what you feel most comfortable with out of okay. those five senses? You personally, yeah. yeah. And which which of them you lean most on? Or no, you tend to gravitate most towards. Yeah, well, the one that my gift, my gift is is feel. I'm a competitor. I was a great fighter, a great wrestler, but more than that, I was just a way better competitor. You know what I'm saying? So for that reason, I know, I know there, there's even components into. I'm gonna give you an example. The reason why I feel Demetrius Johnson, fifth round when I fought him, the match was close. It was two two going into the fifth. The, the the winner of this fifth the winner of the fifth round wins becomes a new becomes you defends it or I become the new flyweight champion. This is why I'm Phil because there's even acting involved when I compete. Uh, the last twenty the last twenty seconds knowing knowing that there's twenty seconds left like I made sure that I gave that I pressed Demetrius Johnson the last twenty seconds pump my fist like saying come over Demetrius Johnson was backpedaling going backwards. And I started throwing a whole bunch of different combinations that possibly wasn't landing. But you know what that was? I conveyed to the judges that I wanted to fight a little bit more. 
So for that reason, I am Phil because I will use every edge for that. And then I would say after Phil, I would say probably, probably after Phil, I'm either, I'm either attack or or take risk. So I may be I'm Phil, attack, take risk, uh, anticipate. And I think counterattack. We're definitely gonna be uh, putting that in the show notes. Um, all right, so um, there's a big difference from my personal experience in, in just straight up competition and combat competition, the level of fear, uh, that's involved in combat competitions, uh, is just, is just a different kind of experience. You know, I've competed in a lot of different things, never at the level you have, but I do, I do know that there's a, there's a, there's just a, a level of, of fear that comes along with combat sports that is different than like CrossFit, you know what I mean? Or running a race or competing in bodybuilding. Um, What do you do with fear? Uh, With fear, uh, the fears are these four things. Fear, this is what fear is. False evidence appearing real. That's what Dude, you got to look at my, you have to, you have to look at my Instagram stories today. I'm just going to say, look at my Instagram stories today. Okay. Cause what I put up, let me show you what I put on my Instagram stories. And this is, this is, this is very strange. Look, hold on. <laughs> Evidence. Appearing, Appearing real. real. That's what I put on my Instagram stories this morning, bro. That's wild. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to so like, let's I talk about that, one, that. I heard that one. I heard that one from Rick Warren. Rick Warren is uh, he's a well-known pastor out in uh, he's got like this super smart guy. I, I I studied him like tremendously. But that's that's you know that's what that's what fear is. And then what is courage? What is what is the opposite of fear? It's it's courage. But it's almost, it almost falls back to the same thing because courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is having fear, but still yet moving forward. You see what I'm saying? So it's just it, it all goes back to you challenging, challenging your emotions, challenging your. Uh, Wait, say that again. Courage is what? Courage is not the having courage is not the absence of fear. Having courage is having fear, but yet still moving forward. Despite the outcome, mm. you know what I'm saying. It's almost like I like to typically when I examine things like that, I always think of the other perspective, and then you'd be surprised how a lot of these words still kind of intertwine with each other, even though they're the exact opposite. Like, look at the meaning. Like, there's 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 courage and fear. Like, who would know that? Like, who would really think about that? People, you think you think people are just courageous? They think they can walk on water? Like, no. We all feel nervous. We all feel scared. Who is it that's gonna say, "Hey, I'll, I'll take the leap of faith. I'll go." <laughs> um, dude, I, I'm, I'm with it. Um, so, um, you, uh, Mike, you met in- your match, bro. You met your match. I can tell we see eye to eye on things. Yo, man, um, it's, it's crazy. It's it's crazy, but it's really good. Um, 
Habits, I think, are very, very important. I think habits have, have defined a lot of what keeps me going in my day-to-day. Are there any habits that you have uh, that you do consistently, um, be it physical habits, mental habits, morning routine <laughs> stuff, stuff that you do before you train, after you train, recovery things that you can share with us? Um, it's a lot, man. It's, it's a, it, it depends on it depends exactly what I'm doing. Like even not necessarily like even now, like that I'm done fighting. I never did journals or anything like that when I was competing. And the reason why I never did journals is not that I was because it was just always in my mind. Like the stuff was always reminiscing here. You know what I'm saying? I was so there was an obsession. There is an there is a passion here that that I've had to accomplish something. But now that I'm doing business, like I have to write things down. So it changes things. You know what I'm saying? Like I literally got to start my day writing what I have to get done and what I have to do. But when I was competing prior to that, um, because my sole whole focus was just there was never a plan B. It was all or nothing. Like that was the that was just me. Like, well, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. No, I put everything in that one basket. And if it doesn't, and if whatever, for whatever reason it doesn't, then it just doesn't happen. But I invest and I do everything. So I guess it depends on the face of my life. How is it that I, uh, you know, the routines that I do, but uh, um, it, it depends because there's so much to it. I'm, 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 a, I'm a sponge. I like, I love to learn from everybody. If I can, I, I, I can go out with the old and, and with the new. I think if, if there's a habit that I do have, that's probably it. Like there, there's there's no ego to the routines that I have. If I have to mix something up for the better, I'd be willing to do that. Henry Cejudo, man, you're the fucking man. I am so grateful for having you on this podcast. Um, the value here is just enormous. And anybody who's listening, I'm sure, is like just fired up to either get their day going, to finish their day, to get their workout step it up even further um you're really uh you're really unique guy man and i and i'm super grateful for having you so thank you very much dude do you think you were born or made my yeah, man no th- born or made i always ask <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you gotta hit me with that do i feel like i was born i feel like i was born to be made or made to be born if that makes any sense, because it's born it's it's both, made. man. Born to be made, made to be born, made to be made to live. So I'm gonna hit you with both of them: born to be made, <laughs> and made and made to be born. How about that? Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll take it, man. I'll take it. I believe it. Advice is, uh, I think. Uh, Advice is like, you know, for me, I, 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 tend, I tend not to hold on to every piece of advice I get. And I don't really try to overanalyze, over, overanalyze it often, but there are pieces of advice that were given to me throughout my, my career, my life, that were so simple but meant so much. Is there any, uh, any advice that was given to you that you believe in so much that you pass on to others on a, on a, on a semi-regular basis? Okay, so I'm gonna break it down to two things, and this is how we'll. Uh, this will be a great way to. This will be a great way to end the podcast here. There's two things. There's two things 
there's two things that makes the one percent of the one percenters, and I call it heart and ability. What is your heart? Your heart is your passion, your will, your desire, determination. Your heart is something you're willing to suffer for in order to obtain. That is your heart. You know what I'm saying? Your heart is not your cardiovascular. Your heart is the goodness of your mind. That's your heart. Ability. Ability is something that's God-given or it's, some, it's something that's uh, it's God-given because some people just have that gift and that ability. Or ability is something that you wrapped over time and time again that you become a master at. But ability is also the ability you finding the right engineers, the right people, uh, the right people to obtain you there. You know what I'm saying? To take you there. So ability has a lot to do with, okay, you have a, you're a Ferrari. You cannot have a Honda mechanic for a, for, you know, for a luxurious car like a Ferrari. No, a Ferrari needs, you know, a Ferrari mechanic, somebody, somebody high upscale. So that's recognizing, understanding your ability. So then what happens sometimes is a lot of times when people do have ability, we'll notice this a lot. Actually, when I moved to the Olympic training, when I moved to the Olympic training center at a very young age, I remember uh, there was these guys that were chasing their dreams for years, man, three, trying to make three, four Olympic cycles, literally. And I was a 17-year-old kid. And 17-year-old kid, by the time I was 21, made the Olympic team, won Olympic gold. But what was it that separated me? Because there was guys that had ability, but had no heart. You see what I'm saying? So it's your job to connect the two. It's your job to be able to connect the heart and the ability. Because what happens is even when people do have a lot of heart, a lot of passion, a lot of will, their ability is just not connecting with their heart. Or the, or the ability is not connecting with their heart. They may be really good at something, but they may not love it. They may not be willing to suffer to obtain it. So in order for you to become the 1% of the one percenters, it's your job to connect the mind and body. It's your job to connect the heart, the passion, the will, the desire, the determination, something that you want to suffer in order to obtain the goodness of your mind with your ability, with your gift, with the things that you repped over time and time again, understanding that, putting yourself in the best positions in deep water as much as possible in order for you to accomplish that. And you'll see that. So I always tell people, it's always important for you to question one or the other. It's, it's okay. It's okay to doubt. It's, it's okay to question and doubt, but it's going to be one of the two. It's either you love it or you don't have the ability for it, or you have the ability for it or you don't love it. And when you have those two and you're able to connect both of them, that's when you become the 1% of the 1%. Amen. Amen. Dude, get back to your day. Thank you for taking this time. It is much appreciated. You're a legend, and uh, you inspire so many people, man. So just keep paving the path, my brother. No problem. Thanks again, Mike. I appreciate it, brother. You have a good one, bro. Wow. 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 So that was my convo with Henry Cejuda. I mean, that guy is not only an amazing fighter, but he's so smart and the way he looks at everything in regards to what he does for a living you know he really really has analyzed the sport of mixed martial arts and he is so focused and he's got such a like determined structure 
on how he walks into a battle. Um, and he's also just such a humble guy. He's such a cool sweetheart of a man. Uh, you know, he said that the people that he, that he that that he's inspired by the most are the great fathers and great mothers. And that to me, I was just like, yeah, this guy is such a good guy. Um, anyway, I'm moved by that conversation. I really am. I'm just so grateful that that I was able to have a conversation with Henry Cejudo today. Hudo today, he's such a he's such a boss. The guy is such an inspiration, best in the world, and and he's just like down to to just vibe and talk. So anyway, um, I, I I can't thank you guys enough for listening to the podcast, for sharing the podcast, for giving us a five star review. <laughs> it means a lot. And uh, also for, you know, opting into our sponsorships. Our sponsors are the way we keep the show alive. So uh, if you take me up on those sponsor promo codes, that would mean the world too. I really appreciate you guys all the time, every day, all day. Share this shit with your friends trying to grow this podcast. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed Henry Cejuda because I really, really enjoy talking to him. And, uh... Can't wait to see you on the next one, guys. Peace! That's it for this episode of Born or Made, ladies and gents. I hope our discussion inspired you to take action and chase your own success. Set goals and work towards them. I would be incredibly grateful if you shared our podcast with your friends. Be sure to subscribe so you're notified every time we drop a new episode. Help us out by leaving a positive review and a five-star rating. That would mean the absolute world to me. It really helps the podcast grow. And finally, I'd love to keep the conversation going with you. So you could follow us at Born or Made on Instagram. And you can also follow me at Michael Chernow on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and TikTok. We really appreciate you tuning in and uh, can't wait to see you on the next one.